You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 166 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello, hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Good evening, chaps. We're glad to have you back this week, Jay, because I believe you were stuck in work last week. I mean, there's one thing that gets in the way of the hobby. It's work, isn't it? But then you need work to pay work for the hobby. The hobby, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a dangerous balance, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back this week. Uh, and what a week to be back as well, because we're rapidly running out of weeks this year. So in this week's show, we're going to be talking about the year in review. So we're going to be going back through all the cool Warhammer stuff that's come out in the last 12 months. But more importantly, well, I mean, I'm actually really not looking forward to the segment at all. Um, but we're going to, well, Matt's going to be taking us through how we've got on with this year's hobby resolutions. We normally do this a little bit later on in the year, but we've got a few things planned for the next few weeks. So um, it had to be this week. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not looking forward to seeing how I've performed, but, you know, we'll see. It, it, it does feel, kind of feel, like, scarier than your annual review at work, doesn't it? The whole year's been building up to this. I've got Absolutely. all the excuses ready now. I've been that's all week. All the listeners have been expecting us to get these these smashed out. You know, so, yeah. so much confidence and optimism back in, like, first week of January. Yeah. <laughs> see, we see we got on. I know where we got on, but uh, I don't know if you guys remember even what you had for your I, uh, hobby resolution. I um I you know what this leads us quite nicely into um our hobby updates for the for the week uh, I think um oh actually before we do that uh, one other thing that is coming up in the podcast is this week's top three which is a fun one this week because we're going to be discussing <laughs> the top three worst ways to die in the world of Warhammer uh, this Cheery inspired absolutely uh this was um they should do a white water supplement about this because i reckon there's probably more than more than three top ways to die in the yeah. first millennium I, I think we're going to find out on today's episode that's absolutely spot on <laughs> um it was inspired by our trip to warhammer world where we were sort of discussing um the horrific ways to to end your being in games of warhammer so that's uh, that's to come uh, later on in the show we will be reading out some of the community top three picks before the uh the end as well so yeah, hobby updates. Um, now I know that one of my hobby updates for one of my hobby resolutions, sorry, for the year was to do lots of Necromunda. Um, so on that subject, and the fact that me and Matt have a, a day of Warhammer Necromunda coming up, um, I have been carrying on painting my Goliaths, which I really should have got done a long time ago. To be honest, I had my heart set on the Orlocks, but money and time and stuff I, I just haven't had um chance to build them up so i've been working on my goliaths but unfortunately they're they're, they're nowhere near finished um so i know i'm going to be downgraded on on the hobby resolutions for that um but they, they are a lot of fun to paint they're quite big models um i'm just painting the uh the stimmer at the moment um so yeah he's he's really cool with like his double grenade launchers uh he's badass he's mean um they're a cool they're a cool warband they're the old goliaths um, so yeah, I've been working on those. Um, outside of of that, um, I've just before the start of this podcast built my space pope. Uh, that is, um, I believe his actual name is Thaddeus the Purifier from Blackstone oh, Fortress. Oh, Fortress, yeah, that's a cool model, that. Yeah, well, he's going to be my missionary for my um, for my crusading sisters um, starting in the new year. Um, so I picked him up, so I had a second HQ choice, 
Um, so I've just I've just built him before the show. Um, and I've also I don't know if anybody else's local Warhammer stores do this, but um, ours does a like a lucky dip painting competition. So at the end of the year, you basically you dip your hand into a, a bag, you pull out two models, you pick one of them and you have to paint it before the end of January. Um, as luck, luck would have it, I pulled out a Death Jester for the Harlequins, which oh nice. I was like, uh. And then the second one I pulled out was an Imagifier for um, the sisters. So I was like, oh, well, I know which one I'll be painting. So um, I, I built that last night as well. So I've got to get that sprayed. But the weather has really hasn't been spraying weather just recently. Uh, and when it has been a bit brighter, I've been stuck in work. So end, um, of, hopefully... uh, end of December, did you say? End of December, the deadline. Went to January. End of January. End of January. January. OK, you know what? I feel we should all do this, guys. Yeah. You, you were... just nip in, do you go see Dan? Yeah. So I don't, this... I don't know if this is if, 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 if this is just our local store or if all stores do this. But yeah, he's got a bag full of um, blister packs, you know, like the plastic. So not nothing box. Oh, so you're not going to pull out a Warlord Titan? You're not going to pull out a Warlord Titan, no. Um, you, 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 he, well, his rules are you can pull two out. Basically, you pull the first one out until you get to one that you have you don't own. Then you pick, you pull out your second one again until you get to one that you don't own. Then you choose between the two. And he allows one mulligan. So if you end up with two models that you're not really keen on, you're allowed one more dip in to pull one out. Um, oh, yeah. And then that's it. Then you're locked in. And then you obviously pay for the model. Uh, but the, the good thing about that with being a, a blister is you're never going to pay more than, what, 1750 or something like that. So, um, so yeah, the, 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 that's kind of uh, what to expect from that. And you've got till the end of January to, to get it painted. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's what I'm going to be taking part in. Hope to get her painted after the Goliaths are finished, um, which I've got a couple of weeks, Matt, to, to get done. So um, I'm pretty yeah. confident that they'll be finished. I've had a bit, a bit of a busy diary, but after this weekend, it should start getting a little bit easier for, for painting. Uh, who should we go to next? Jay, what have you been up to in the hobby this week? Oh, I'm just turning my radiator down in my room because it's getting very hot. There we go. Radiator's down. Uh, what have I been doing this week? Um, so this week, so um, obviously... We've got the uh, Custodian Codex coming soon, uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. I've been looking at all the Warcom articles that they posted these last couple of weeks, mm. and some really, really new, interesting um, sort of mechanics coming out for them. So some completely brand new rules in the uh, Martial Katars, which mm. are like almost they're like a combination of um, Necron command protocols and sort of stances that you can flip between um, mm. between different turns. They don't look like the simplest of rules to sort of get your head around, but I, I think it's going to make playing the custodians where you're switching between these different stances and timing it just right. And I'm expecting there's going to be stratagems and different rules that influence the way you can move between the stances. I think it can make for quite a flexible, powerful army on the tabletop, you know, quite in keeping with their law of being able to sort of react to any opponent they're facing. Um, so it's really, really got me excited for um, the, getting the talons of the Empress going proper. So I've been building uh, up a unit of Sisters of Silence um, that I've had for quite a while now. Um, they're actually really, really nice models. Um, they've got, um, I think you get like a great sword, a, a sword and pistol and a flamer. Oh, a bolter, sorry, and a flamer in the, um, in the box. Um, so I'm building mine with flamers because I'm thinking, you know, the custodians can handle all the elite stuff and I'll just have the flamers for all, all of the hordes. So I've been building up the Sisters of Silence. Um, not been doing much painting this week. Um, so I'm hoping to get the, the, the sisters painted before uh, next weekend. So that's sort of my plan this week. Last week was a bit busy with uh, with work. I couldn't get too much hobbying in. No, oh, I've also did. been really, really enjoying the Eldar rumour engines as well. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely Eldar, aren't they? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, when lot, I first saw them, them are, no, I think I think today's isn't very old, Ari. Today was the Ranger, wasn't it? That was it, and there's a new one today, which is something very different looking. Let me go on to Warhammer not, Community now. They're not necessarily all Eldar either, by the look of things. Oh, this the one today is an Eldar Ranger, I believe. That's the back is of it? his cloak. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Well, maybe, recognize... maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, the actual like background logo they've got has got all Eldar spirit stones and Eldar runes on it as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw that earlier. Well, we've talked on the show like a while ago, haven't we? That there was rumours of a big Eldar release this year. Uh, yeah. It was an interesting one yesterday. Only in defeat you will know victory. Is that like yeah. Avatar or something? Or? Yeah, I don't know. I think he may be like Inari. Do you know why they like the god of death? And the, the plan is that all the Eldar will die and then that will feed their god of the dead who will come back and kill Slanesh. So <laughs> it's a bit cryptic, wasn't it? It was a bit weird to get a rumor engine that wasn't a model. Um, no. So I've not been doing much painting or building this last week, but I have been fully immersing myself in Warhammer via the Warhammer community uh, website. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Andy, how about yourself? What have you been up to this week? Uh, so this week I've been, I've not done a huge amount of hobby, um, but I did start painting up Boromir from the Fellowship of a Ring. Oh. Um, so I, I've never fully painted up the Fellowship, so that's kind of one of the things I want to get done before the end of the year. Um, so I painted up Frodo and Gandalf uh, last week or a week before, I think it was. I painted up, oh, I painted up Merry and Pippin as well. <laughs> They're so small, I almost forgot. Um, <laughs> so I painted up Merry and Pippin as well. They were really good fun. Uh, I'm painting up Boromir. I've got Sam to paint next. And then Aragon, Legolas and Gimli. I'm not too fussed about getting them done quite yet because I've painted up the Free Hunters a while ago. Um, so I've got Boromir. Pippin and Mary done and then the rest of my hobby time has mostly been taken up reading the Dominion book um, that I started reading a while ago I think it was when we got the £10 voucher for subscribing to Warhammer Plus I think it was or something along those lines um, I used that to buy the Dominion book so I started reading that and I've got about halfway through it now and yeah, without spoiling anything, I really want to do a Caesar Sigmar and Stormcast army now, mm. which is uh, the dangerous part, I suppose, about reading like narrative books and stuff. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it for for me for this week. Like I said, it's been a bit of a uh, haven't done a huge amount of hobby, but I've still been hobbying. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. We'll we'll, we'll allow that. Um, that leaves one member of the team left to ask, Matt. What have you been up to this week? So it's similar to, to, to Jay kind of uh, getting the custodies out. I, I dug out my Gene Steeler cult army and have a bit of a nosy at them and try and work out what bits that I need for them because obviously they get a new book in January as well. And I forgot how much I enjoyed painting Gene Steeler cultists. The, yeah. Particularly the rusted claw colour scheme that uh, Duncan Rhodes did a video for it on Warhammer uh, TV about three or four years ago. And it's quite a simple scheme, but it looks really, really nice. Um, so, yeah, I've been dabbling with some Gene 
do the cultists because I've got a feeling I'm going to have to buy all of the various blisters of characters because they're so characterful, aren't they? They've got lots of um, different characters, haven't they? They're a good army in that regard. They do, and there's not many of them that I've actually got. I've got the the guy with the table, he's cool, with Warhammer World on it. Well, don't Um, buy any until after your birthday, please. Don't buy any. Okay, I won't buy any. That's going to be really hard because they're really nice models. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so that's, that's the plan. Um, obviously, I'll probably hold fire till the book comes out anyway for what kind of units to add to the army. But I've got a fair a fair chunk of genes to the cultists ready to fight the custodies when the new books drop. Oh, Other than that, oh, definitely. Other than that, I finished the dragons. They're all based and finished. I don't know if you've even sent you guys pictures of the finished dragons, but they're done now. Uh, and I've started painting, well, when was it? Yesterday, the outcasts, the, um, the hive scum box for Necromunda because um, I needed some cannon fodder to throw against Dave and Peachy when we go to uh, Warhammer World to play some Necromunda. And just before the show, I built Lady Credo, and she is an absolutely gorgeous model. She's going to be the leader of my Outcast gang, because that's a thing you can do in Book of the Outcast. But she's going to be a bit fiddly to paint. She's got, like, floating servo skulls, ones, like, tying up her hair. She's got a big flowing dress. Yeah, I, uh, um, she's going to take some time. So basically, that's probably what I'll be painting between now and when we go to Warhammer World in a couple of weeks. So mm. yeah, really fun. Um, it's been fun to paint some different stuff the last couple of months. I don't know about you guys, I've kind of been flitting between lots of different projects rather than just working on an army. Yeah, well, I, I sort of, I, I was hoping the Horus Heresy box would be out by now. So I was hoping to spend like the last part of the year really getting into Horus Heresy, but obviously that never materialised. Uh, we were expecting the Adeptus Custodes and Gene Steeler Colts Codexes to be released before the end of the year, but they've been pushed back as well. And that sort of scuppered me a bit in terms of what I'm planning to do, because like you, Matt, there's a couple of things I do want to paint up for the Custodes, but until you've seen the book, you know... Yeah, that sort of we're kind of in limbo, stuff. aren't we, until the books drop? Yeah. So I am looking forward to next year, though, because from, from, what, from what we've seen and read and heard i think next year is going to be a fantastic year for the hobby in terms of you know hopefully we're going to see the craftworld eldar get redone hopefully we're going to see um well the custodies will be out soon hopefully we'll get horus heresy we've got loads of interest in age of sigma which like the beastmen um gloom spike gets potentially that you know we've heard rumors of there's been rumor engines for idenf and fire slayers recently so i think next year is going to be really exciting for for all four of us really absolutely Right, I think we've got quite a bit to get through on this week's podcast, so I think we should make a start. So let's take a pause and we'll come back with this week's news. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, we've got a fairly chunky pre-order week. I think this is probably going to be the last big pre-order week before Christmas, I reckon. Uh, But it's a goodie. So it starts off with um, Shadow Throne. A bloody war of talon and tendril. This is the battle box that pits the custodians against the gene stealer cult. I think intent was that the codexes would drop alongside this. Unfortunately, due to uh, disruptions in the warp, they've been delayed until January. Retails £105, which I don't know. My gut feeling is that's a little bit on the pricey side for the contents. You get a frame of the um, cultists. You get the command frame, which is super useful as long as you're not already a Gene Steeler Court player, because you've probably already got that, plus the Saboteur, which is a gorgeous-looking model, facing up against the Alaris Terminators, are they called, Jay? Yeah, that's right, Alaris um, Terminators. Frame of Sisters of Silence, and the new Blade Champion fella. I mean, you do you do make a save in, uh, compared to buying the parts separately, 
I just wonder if the fact that that command sprue is in the Gene Steeler Cult side makes it less appealing for existing Gene Steeler Cult players, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, it's really just that character, isn't it? It depends how long you're going to have to wait to buy that character individually, I think. Yeah, so it's a cool looking box. So that is up for pre-order on Saturday. I know Andy's excited about the other pre-orders we've got this uh, weekend, though. Battletome Nurgle, £30. That is up for pre-order alongside the new Rockbringer Sorcerer, clocking in at £18.50. The new Nurgle Vanguard, it's £78.50. This looks like it's a bit of a combination of both halves of the old Nurgle boxes. You get some Plague Bearers, you get some Blight Kings, you get a Spallpox Scrivener, and the, what are they called, the Blight Lords on Bugs. Puskal Blight Lords. That's the one. That's the one. You're the guy for Nurgle. £78.50 doesn't seem bad for those contents. So that's pretty good, especially for the, the mortal side, because they're a little bit on the pricey side. There's also dice at £20 and war scroll cards at £17.50. And then it looks like there's some direct-only sprues that are um, off pre-order as well. Basically, it's the command sprues out of the Dominion box. So the Thunderstrike command is the Stormcast one, and the Cruel Boys boss crew is the, the cruel boys one now if the um if you remember rightly the indomitus ones were rather on the pricey side mm-hmm. for what you got now you get you know obviously you get a lot of stuff in them but um yeah i've got a feeling they're about 60 pounds ish i want to say so arguably if you can get hold of dominion um cheap anywhere pick that up because you get a load of stuff in there plus the core rule book but um i don't know if any places have it in stock anymore it's certainly been uh, pushed over the last few months, so there might be limited ones out there to get. Also, the Death Guard and Bone Reapers um, Battle Forces are also up for pre-order. Next week, they were delayed a little bit. They will be up to order. I know, Andy, you had your eye on the Bone Reaper one, didn't you? Yeah, I, I was eyeing up all of the Age of Sigmar ones. Um, <laughs> and uh, frankly, I never, I didn't pull the trigger on any of them. And from what I can see, most of them have, have sold out now. Um, so yeah, I think it was a saving grace um, that the Bone Reaper one didn't come out yet. So hopefully on Saturday, I say hopefully, I will probably end up buying one on Saturday. Yeah, I was I was wavering on the Head Knights of Celestia one, but managed to resist just because I've got a lot of stuff that needs painting. So I stayed strong, guys. Uh, for Blood Bowl, I know Jay, you're a fan of this model, Barrack Farblast, the dwarf star <laughs> player with a rocket launcher. Oh yeah. <laughs> He looks cool. I do. I've not bought a Blood Bowl model uh, in a long time, and I actually have a painted dwarf team, so I think I'm going to treat myself to this guy. He does look cool. Yeah, I mean, why throw the ball when you can literally launch it yeah. down the field? It's, you know. <laughs> Who's going to catch that? I don't know. Maybe you need to model a, a, a catcher. I don't know if dwarves, you can have catchers with a really big glove so he can yeah. catch that when he comes screaming <laughs> towards him. So, yeah. Uh, we've also got on Saturday at 2 p.m., a black library preview. So traditionally, this is where they will share the kind of books that are coming out in this year. Presumably, we'll find out the title and the author of the next um, Siege of Terror book, which is super exciting. And normally, we do get a bit of a sneaky tie-in model revealed because I think February is normally the... I forget what they call it now. The Black Library Celebration Day. I think it's literally called Black Library Celebration. And they normally have a model from the books released as a special edition figure. So hopefully we'll see that on Saturday. Um, I'd like to see some uh, a new like, Age of Sigma series, like continuing series, a bit like the Horus Heresy or something. That'd be cool to see. Yeah, that'd be really cool. 
But yeah, obviously we'll get the details on Saturday at 2 p.m. on Warhammer TV on Twitch. This past weekend, there was a Throne of Skulls event for the Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game at Warhammer World. And they had a bit of a um, a Middle Earth kind of um, seminar review thing. They normally show off some stuff at these kind of events. And they showed in more detail Defense of the North, the next supplement for the Strategy Battle Game. This tells the tale of the Battle of Erebor in during the, the Third Age and the War of the Ring. Obviously, we've seen what happens to Erebor during the Hobbit era. This is really uncharted territory. And essentially, it is an uh, allied force of dwarves and men facing off against the army of the Easterling led by the Dragon Emperor. Meanwhile, orcs, beasts and spiders are taking over uh, simultaneously Mirkwood and Lothlorien. So, yeah, it sounds like we've got armies in here that all of us will be interested in. You're going to be uh, torn between the dwarves and the elves here, Jay, presumably. Just do both. Just do both. <laughs> Uh, likewise, I've got a load of orcs. I might do an orc and beasties force, and I fancy doing some men of Dale as well. So between us, I reckon we should be able to play through this campaign. Uh, they 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 showed off a few new orc models who look really really cool, and they also showed off a silhouette of a mystery model that's blatantly the Dragon Emperor. Now I know you've been uh, gearing up to do some Easterlings, Andy, and we saw the what were they called, the Dragon Warriors, whatever they were last week. I take it you'll be buying the uh, the Emperor of the um easterlings yeah I, yeah i probably will be picking up some of the easterling stuff i mean i've got a, a, i've got a decent foundation of easterlings uh built and painted already so it's just a case of adding all the the new forge old stuff and um a bunch of the characters and stuff to it which yeah it, judging by them looking at easterlings they're quite a nice cohesive scheme you know a nice army to batch paint sort of thing so yeah i i think when we see this dragon emperor uh come to the tabletop yeah i'm going to spend some proper time painting them up yeah. did you pick up the um the dragon um i don't know what they were dragon warriors really the the eastling special elite unit uh i haven't yet um i've been resisting and being very good i'm trying to do all my christmas shopping first <laughs> and then I'll do my own Christmas shopping towards the end of the month. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're definitely on the, uh, the the shopping cart list. So, See, like you said at the start of the show, Jay, I'm kind of, it's, it's in the period now that I want to see those Legendary Legion lists so I know what to buy for the Middle Earth army. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I don't know whether, because I think there's been some images and stuff on Warcom and you can sort of see some models in the background. So I don't know whether to expect a new Plastic Dwarf range or not. Because I've, I I've seen it. Think so. No, there's, there's the four dwarfs. to a, a dwarf human allied force as well, so it might be a very different army, which is cool yeah. because it means you can add some like men of Dale and stuff. And um... no, 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 they don't have. They're too big, too tall. <laughs> they're too big, they're too tall. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that sounds really cool. We also saw this year's Christmas model. Now I think obviously we've got the the the, the squig, um, the red goblin riding squig was the Christmas themed model. But Games Workshop normally release a model on Boxing Day. That stays in stores for a little bit. Uh, and this year, it's a really cool one. It is an Uruk basically cosplaying as a uh, Skaven Slayer. He's even doing the kind of Gotrek pose from the Gotrek Limited model. Kind of step, step up on a pile of dead Skaven, holding a Skaven head, looking very mean. There's a Gobbo. I think he's been dressed as a Skaven running past as he's getting chased by rats. Um, yeah, 
I take it you're not a fan of this model, then, Dave. Oh my god, my heart skipped a beat when I saw this model. I am absolutely buying this. How amazing is is this model? It's cool. It's Baller really... and Burke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love the Oruks, um, and I love the Skaven. So an Oruk fighting Skaven, yeah, that's that's gonna be bought. And also, I quite like the fact that he's not another war boss. He's not a, a mega boss. Um, you can just use him as like a a leader for your brutes. So I think he might have to get. I might have to buy a box of brutes. He's got some new friends um, to to build and pay up along with him. Um, Convert them up to be Skaven slayers. You should do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah. That. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be ace. Yeah. So th- if you want this model, it's available in store between the twenty sixth and the twenty sixth and the second of January, uh, and then it's online between the 3rd of Jan and the 9th of Jan. So it's a nice big window to get this one, which is good. Obviously, normally with the um, the web period, it might be a made-to-order jobby. So if you want it in your hands, pop down to your GW store Boxing Day, basically. So, yeah, lots of exciting stuff coming. And um, I think that's probably going to be all the releases we see from Games Workshop for 2021. Yeah, I think I think that's going to bring us to, to a close. Isn't it? But what a way to bring us to a close. We've got one of two big segments coming up, and we're going to start off with our review of our hobby resolutions. So we're going to have a quick pause and be right back with that. So it is that time of the year where Matt takes us through how we've got on since our hobby resolutions were set at the beginning of the year. Can't believe how fast this year's gone. I'm really not looking forward to this because I don't think I've done very well. Um, but we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll surprise myself. Maybe I actually pick some surefire ones at the beginning of the year and I've just forgotten. Um, so, Matt, do you want to do us the honours? Well, Dave, I, I spent <laughs> the day listening back to our show from last year. And there was, there was a moment where Dave goes, I can't have another failed year. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in order to do that, D- Dave has got three achievable goals that you picked in order to oh, uh, to not fail for, for 2021 so let's let's start with you dave so my internet's dropping guys my internet's dropping no no it's not really i'm just like <laughs> don't want to listen to this dave's first one was it was it was a twofer dave, dave was so confident he decided that his first one was so easy to do that he'd do a, a two-part one so the first part of this two-part challenge was to have a full Necromunda board as detailed as possible using a load of scenery kits and scatter terrain. And he was very, very confident that he'd do that within the first few months of the year. So to make it <laughs> Where even are the harder, pictures, Dave? <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. To make it even harder, he also wanted to have a fully fleshed out gang, all the models painted and built and named and storylines and everything on them. Oh, David. How, I can't how, wait how to see you... this next week. I can't wait either. <laughs> I can't wait. How did you get on that one, Dave? So let's start with the one that I got closer to achieving, uh, and that was painting the Necromunda gang, which actually I'm probably halfway through painting. Definitely haven't fleshed them out. <laughs> definitely don't have any names for them. Do they have they're, not even, got they're not even the gang that. Do you know? I, I, you know. All right. Here comes my excuse. So I couldn't. I couldn't make my mind up which gang to go for, and then we kind of we didn't really. We stopped talking about Necromunda for a while, and it's kind of come back towards the later part of the year. And I've kind of been torn. I really want to do the Orlocks, but I've not got around to buying the next ones. And now I'm kind of painting the Goliaths because, although while you know I do like the Goliaths, they weren't my first choice. Um, yeah, I mean at least I've put some paint on them, but yeah, you're right. They're not. They're not finished. They should be finished next week, but but not this week. As for the board, 
So, I mean, I literally only started planning this together in the last couple of weeks and I haven't even got a chance to spray them yet. Um, but I, I've kind of got the table, the board down to how I want it. It's just I need to start painting the damn thing. Um, so glad, I'm is, so glad you weren't part of the Apollo space program, Dave, because they would have never got to the moon in the 60s. I know. Hey, hold on. We don't you've know got how nine well you years. got on. I'll do this. We, nine years. I'll definitely we, do this. Oh, we don't know how you've got on this year yet. So, you know, I think we should stop the mocking. <laughs> I'm just getting in all my comments now because I'll go silent in a, in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You're all right, Dave. You might, you might have done better on your second one. Okay. So your second hobby resolution was you wanted to start two new armies. 1,000 points for Age of Sigmar, 1,000 points for 40k, full crusade slash path to glory armies, again, with all the lore, all the narrative, all tied together. Now, this, this surprised me when I listened to the show. Your AOS army was going to be Fire Slayers and your 40k army was going to be Orcs. Fire Slayers? <laughs> yeah, no. You know, as they got as far as I bought the Underworld's Warband. I remember you doing that, yeah. And I, I enjoyed painting them, but then I um, I got cold feet. <laughs> Fire Slayers, cold feet. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I just didn't... And whilst I enjoyed painting the Warband, I kind of decided against them as an actual full army. Um, so that's that. The Orcs, I mean, I've always, I've always like... I've always liked the Orcs for 40k. I don't think I even got... I, I think the reason I, I got really excited about the Orcs last year is because I had the um, the limited edition one that came with the Goblin. Uh, yeah. the, I mean the Grot, even, sorry. Uh, wrong wrong system, uh, which I really enjoyed painting. Um, and then I think I actually painted an Orc Warboss, or started painting an Orc Warboss, but he didn't quite go how I planned. I don't know if I ended up putting him down and, and again, fell out of love with that idea. Um so yeah, there's my excuses for those. But I think you've achieved the essence of this this hobby resolution. A thousand points path to glory force, thousand points crusade force. I reckon you've done that across systems. I, I think I have actually, yeah. Uh this year. I'm trying to think um which ones I've done. Uh hmm. Oryx? I don't know actually. Oh, my Oryx were my, my Oryx I did increase, but they weren't a new army. Um, I don't know actually, Matt. Well, you've done cruel boys. I've got yeah. a thousand points worth of cruel Necrons? boys. That's true. Necrons, yes, yeah, you're right. I have done it. I've got over a thousand points of Necrons. Yeah. You're talking yourself out of your. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. So the essence I mean, is complete. Just not all the not there, Dave. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's um, I think that's pretty good going. So your third one, Dave, I remember saying at the time, this is a very difficult one. Are you sure you want to do it this way? And Dave was like, yeah, absolutely. It'll motivate me to keep painting. So, <laughs> so, Dave's challenge was every week of the year, he would paint a unit or a character. And if he missed out, he would have to paint two units or two characters in the missing week. So I pointed out, well, what happens if you're like on holiday and you miss two weeks? Does that mean in the third week you've got to paint three units or three characters? And Dave's like, yeah, it'll be fine. So by my calculation, as long as you paint around 47 units or characters in the next week, Dave, you may still achieve this. <laughs> I, um, did I say units? I didn't say models. You said you specifically said units or characters. <laughs> I was going to say, I probably painted 52 models. So that, can... that would be one for each week. I remember but like, I we like halfway through. Halfway through January, where you'd already started, like, saying, I'll catch up last week, so next week, you're already like, 
in debt by the end of January. Yeah. By, by about March, he had to pick an army to stay up with his <laughs> challenge. All right. Yeah, maybe that was a bit optimistic. Just a you've, still bit. Got, you've got to choose this one again for next year, Dave. No, <laughs> I think you'll do it. This, I've got faith. You'll do it this time. You'll do I it. I think I've got. I think I've got my top three resolutions. Obviously, they're they're going to be kept under my hat until the New Year show when we we set out our hobby resolutions. But I think I know what they're going to be next year, and that is not one of them. <laughs> but you know what, Dave? One out of three ain't bad. It's not great though, is it, Matt? Uh, I mean, if, you, if you graded it, would it be like a D? I'd give it a C. Yeah, I'd give it a C. You know what? You know what? You've, you've, you've painted Necromunda. You have had the intent to do some scenery. And if if that paint a unit a week without the having to double up every week apart, <laughs> you'd have been more likely to achieve it, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I, think you give it a good, I think you give it a good effort. I have done more painting this year than I've, I've ever done before. And I, I think that's only going to increase next year. But not not because of that stupid hobby resolution I set at the beginning of the year. <laughs> the really hard one that I said. Are you sure? You're like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, that's not, that's not bad, Dave. I think that's 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 a, a a valiant effort, I believe. Well done, Dave. Well done. Oh, thanks. Now, Jason, <laughs> Jason, you you've done you've done all right here. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So, your first hobby. Can you remember any of your hobby resolutions? One of my hobby resolutions was to um, finish the Lumineth. I believe. Yeah, so your your first one was finish at least 2,000 points of Lumina. And I think oh, it's safe yeah. to say you've smashed that one. Oh, yeah, I'm on like over, I'm close to 4,000 points of Lumina now. There you go. This is it. Straight in number one, Jay's like doubled his. No, uh, should, his should go to Andy then next now? <laughs> so his second one. Now, you know what? This Obviously, events have happened. I think you've done a pretty good effort at this one. but So your second one was for 30k, paint at least 2,000 points points of an army and you mentioned dark angels ideally you wanted three thousand points painted you have painted an awful lot of horus heresy this year so this year horus heresy wise i've painted um sigismund first captain of the imperial fist i've painted an imperial fist contempt of dreadnought i've painted um 10 dark angel breaches i've painted He's pretty much done. He'll be finished before the end of the year. He's my sort of project for the rest of the year. The Lion. Um, I've painted a Blood Angels Leviathan Dreadnought, a Blood Angels Contempt to Dreadnought, a Blood Angels Praetor, 10 Blood Angels um, Dest- Angels Tears, the Destroyer Unit. Uh, and I finished Sanguinius off. He, I, he, was, he was mostly done, to be fair. I had a bit of a detail to do on him in a base, which I finished off at the beginning of the year. So I, I think that's probably 2,000 points of Horus Heresy, but definitely not 2,000 points of Dark Angels. No, but you know what? I, 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 I'm, you know what? I'm going to be generous this year and give you that. I, I think you've paid well over 2,000 points of Heresy stuff. And again, the the drive of that was this time last year, there was rumours of a Heresy box. Mm. This year time this year, yeah. there's rumours of a Heresy box. We seem to have gone an entire 12 months without this Heresy box dropping, which I think probably was intended to drop during this year. But, you know, there's always 2022. And you've painted a load of stuff to get ready for it as well, Jay. Yeah, well, on my desk in front of me here, I've got five Imperial Fist Terminators. Two of them are fully painted. The other three are almost finished. There's two more stages to do on them. I've got 10 um, Imperial Fist Phalanx squad here that are base coated. Um, what else have we got on here? I've got a um, what was the um, it's sort of the light artillery tank that came out last year? 
Um, yeah, the I forget what it's called now. I know the one that you mean. The one that looks a bit like a plague burst crawler. Exactly that one. Yeah, I've got that one built on my desk ready to go. It was going to be painted red, but I think I'm going to paint it yellow now as an Imperial Fist tank. Um, Didn't you also bit... paint the um, Telemon Dreadnought in a night as well? I did. I paint. Yeah, I did. No, technically that is a Horus Heresy unit, but I did paint it up for my 40k Adeptus Custodes. Um, so yeah, I, oh yeah, definitely over 2,000 points of Horus Heresy. I've got some um, Dark Angels on my desk here as well that are all built. That um, the, the Dark Angels are probably not going to be a project I work on next year. Um, it's going to be Imperial Fists and Blood Angels, I think now. Um, but but yeah, it, it 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 was geared up to the fact that we'd be playing a lot of Horus Heresy last year because we were expecting new rules and all sorts for that, but obviously it never materialised. And it it does help to keep the motivation going when you've got a system you can play games with. We were going to start with like Zone Mortalis and work up. Um, so yeah, hopefully next year. The, I mean, I'm really into the Horus Heresy. I've really loved the Black Library books this year. Saturnine, um, Warhawk recently. There was another one, Mortis as well oh, this year. Uh, they were fantastic and really, really got me in the mood for um, playing games of Warhammer 40k. And what's so great about the Siege of Terror is it's got some amazing characters in it. It's got Sigismund, Ralderon, um, Abaddon. Um, you've got the Perturabo and Dawn and Fulgrim. All the really, really cool Khan characters are at Valdor as well. Are all in these series of books that we're reading at the moment, the Siege of Terror books. I'm really, really looking forward to using them on the table. Well, you know what? We've got, obviously, we've got the Black Library preview and there's two books left in the series. So by coincidence or maybe even plan that probably leaves us with the final book coming out in the summer which is traditionally when games workshop launch new editions of games so who knows maybe that's a sign of things to come possibly possibly so that's that's two out of two so far jay that's that's good going your okay. third one though you may have stumbled on a little bit so your Uh-oh. third one was play more specialist games oh, to no. the point where you wanted to play more specialist games than a in 40k necromunda aeronautica soulbound you wanted to play a game of adeptus satanicus every month mm-hmm. uh yeah so i think i can't recall playing any specialist games <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think yeah. back now we've not played blood bowl we've not played underworlds underworlds even i've been trying to get a game of adeptus titanicus in but we've not managed it aeronautica we've not played Necromunda I haven't been able to start or get into. Um, yeah, that's not looking too good, is it? Not looking good. Can right. I just do a day? Well, Can know, I the, bank the, that? I'll play them next week, I promise. You play them next week. If you play, like, what's that, 52 games <laughs> of... Uh, yeah. So, you know what? You know what, though? I think we've all... It's been a strange year, hasn't it? And I think we... In the time we had available, obviously we had Dominion coming out and we'd started doing the, 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 the streams. We've been busy on the site, haven't we? We have, yeah. So that is that is, I think, impacted our ability to play more kind of casual games off stream and stuff. Mm. I think going into next year, I think this is something we probably all want to do: play some more specialist games and fun stuff, and not not stress about having to film it or put it on no. the site. Just just play some games for the fun of playing games, which is something that I think we've maybe missed out on this year with everything we've done really being streamed. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, the streams, are, and to be fair, I've really enjoyed playing the stream games. They have been fun. Um, and more recently as well, I've really enjoyed the fact that we've been out to Warhammer World for a few games and we've been to the Purple Sparkle Unicorns Club Night for a few games as well. I've really enjoyed that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and attend the club night once a month and try and get to Warhammer World a bit more often as well. Just for some, you know, just us lot, just go down for some games. It doesn't have to yeah. be a tournament or event um, because I know you guys went last week to play Age of Sigma and I was really jealous that you'd gone. And you looked like you had a great time. Um, really but fun. I know I know the time before when we played the 40k games over the day, that was really fun as well. Just a thousand points. So. 
Um, mm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. That 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 was a bit of a fail on that on that um on that resolution, wasn't it? But never mind. But well, I mean, you, one thing I've uh, been quite. Oh, carry on, Matt. Sorry. No, go on. No, go on. I was going to say one thing. I've, I think I have been quite good this year. Is I've been a lot more disciplined this year with my starting armies. So. I haven't started any other Age of Sigmar army, really. I picked up the Dominion box set because it was a new edition of the game. So I've got some Stormcast models and I had an idea to do like a living city Stormcast army with them, which never materialised. But I didn't really invest much time or effort or buy much for that. So it was just I had the models. Maybe I'll do that. Um, I was planning on adding some dragons and converting them up, but I haven't bought any dragons or anything. Um, And um, on the 40k side... I, I slipped up once where I was going to go and build a Sisters of Battle army, um, but then I, I decided not to in the end. But I have done a Grey Knights army. I think I've got about 1,500 points of Grey Knights painted now. Um, I think I added a unit or did I add a unit to my uh, Ultramarines? I can't remember now. But I don't feel as though I've gone overboard this year in starting stuff that I'm not going to finish. So mm, quite yeah, from that point of view. Quite, quite disciplined. It's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good going. So, so two out of three does mean that you've beaten Dave, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I think he so, said he's uh, bar too low. <laughs> he said he's bar too low. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for me, um, my first one was do a weekly stream on YouTube. And you know what? And we're not being able to see the last few weeks, but I think for the majority of 2021, we have done multiple weekly streams. We have the regular painting stream. We've had regular games. I think it's the most YouTube slash Twitch content we've produced this year. Crazy yeah. number of videos that we've done. Yeah, and it's only it's circumstances out of our control that we've not been able to carry out on in the last few months. But going into next year, I'm really looking forward to the Sunday painting stream again and the Saturday gaming stream. I think they were yeah, really exactly, good. exactly. So uh, from certainly from January, I think we can get the uh, the painting stream up and running again. Um, yeah. A little bit longer in the year, just because uh, the process of moving house and, and finding an area to do that in. But you know what? If we try some specialist games, I'm sure we might be able to find a little studio area to do them as well. So it was really, uh, yeah. really great fun time with with the community, wasn't it? During those painting streams, it was unlike we had some really really cool discussions. I think on those painting streams, especially. We did, yeah. Even even the wacky stuff. I remember an episode. Maybe it was me and Andy talking about um, Dave's film rating system and oh, how everything oh, is compared oh. to uh, Avengers. Yeah. So they are all available on demand on YouTube as well. So you go to YouTube slash Spruce Brews. Uh, you can watch the entire library of painting streams and gaming streams. And yeah, there's some fun stuff there. It, we, in some of the earlier ones, I did some kind of like, I don't know, interactive tutorial, I guess, is the best way, where basically it was a couple of hours of me weathering and talking through the process with some chat. I'd like to do some more stuff like that as well. Yeah, I think that'd be really, really cool. Uh, I really enjoyed all the streams I took part in. So, yeah, so I'm going to give myself a tick for that one. The second one, <laughs> maybe not so much. Forge the narrative. This sounds very familiar to yours, Dave. And I had a, a grand ambition of creating background and names and story and history for all of my armies. And, um, yeah, I, we did manage to start a Path to Glory Crusade campaign thing on the uh, uh, on the website, didn't we, guys? But um, I think due to the fact that we rinsed through pretty much all of the path to glory content in the dominion book yeah. uh, we 
we haven't managed to carry on. I think if it followed up with a Path to Glory supplement soon after, I think we'd have more content to play through. But I think we literally, in the space of a couple of weeks, played every mission in there, some of them yeah. a couple of times. Really, really enjoyed it. But it's one of those where, really, to get the most of it, we needed the, the Path to Glory content for all the books, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right there. I think, I think we did as much as we could. Um, and, like, I think the Age of Sigmar since 3rd edition, it, it's been... A bit slow going, I think, on the Path to Glory content, um, where if you compare it to 40k, we have lots of campaign supplements and things, whereas on the Asynchro side, considering it's been out for half a year now, we've not had anything except what's appeared in White Dwarf. I know, have there been some Path to Glory content for certain factions in White yeah, Dwarf? Yeah, so there's, they've been quite quick with putting Path to Glory content out for factions. There's, I think Gravelords are in next week, so we've got Cities of Sigmar. Um, Seraphon. Seraphon have um, uh, ever chosen have Slaves of Darkness, yeah. yeah. So that, that's been really, really good. But obviously, it, since second, uh, the new edition of 40k came out, we've literally got hundreds of uh, Crusade missions now. I was kind of hoping that by now we'd have had the first Battle Glory supplement with some more missions and stuff. Hopefully, that's coming early in the new year, though, because I think that'll be. Uh, what fuels our, our Path to Glory games. For Crusade, yeah, I haven't really done much. I did a bit of lore for the uh, Pancalis campaign. Beast Snaggers. Uh, and the, yeah, the Beast Snaggers. So that that's kind of a half mark. I don't think I can give myself a full mark for that because the full the full narrative drive wasn't there. Hopefully next year, though, like I say, if we get some Path to Glory content, then we'll be all over that. My final one was Push My Painting. So try things outside of my comfort zone, non-metallic metal, learn some different airbrush techniques, learn some weathering techniques, get better at painting faces and bases. You know what? I think I managed to do that this year. Yeah, I I think so. I'm just trying to think what you've done this year and what you did the year before. I think it is this year you tried non-metallic metal on your wrist slanesh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a tester model for my uh, head knights of slanesh. Zigvald, yeah, the old Zigvald. Yeah. Um, it's tough to not metallic, but I wanted to try it. Um, obviously, we towards the start of the year, I want to say, um, Instar sponsored the channel, so bit, I was playing a lot with that style of painting, which is very different than pre-mixed colours. Being more creative with mixing your own colour blends and transitions. I've had a play with a, a, the wet palette this year. I've done some more advanced airbrush stuff and weathering stuff so yeah i think i've managed to push myself with painting i think i did mention that i'd like to enter like golden demon again we've not had warhammer fest have we so that is still something i'd like to do but that's not for want of trying basically so yeah I, uh, myself that one. I really like the um i think think what i've noticed this year from you matt is your um faces i think they've really improved this year i think you've done a cracking mm. job on the faces you painted this year um, so you definitely deserve a. Um, it all uh, started t- with um, when you did Horus. Like, yeah, 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 like your faces are just amazing. Yeah. Cheers. I thought, so I kind of started. Horus was the first big one where I spent like as long painting a face as I'd normally paint. Face, as long painting a face as I would normally take to paint an entire model. But it looks so good. And that was just kind of like, I don't know, guesswork on it. When Louise Sugden's face yeah. painting video came out, though, that then had like the science behind it and made it so much easier to 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 work out where those highlights and colours and tones need to be. So, if you are interested in painting faces, I do highly recommend watching that video because it is really really good. Yeah, I think you did a, a cracking job on the um, 
Is it the Van Sars, the Witch Hunters for Age of Sigmar? Oh, yes, the uh, the Van, whatever they're Dance. called. Yes. They were the ones that you followed yeah. Louise's tutorial on, weren't they, actually, I think? They were the first I ones did, she yeah. used. Followed it, yeah. followed it exactly, and she does some interesting stuff with with glazes and stuff to essentially replicate the blood vessels below the, the nose and the cheeks, and that makes it look more human, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a tricky bit sometimes. And there's again, there's a lot of trial and error in it and, and finding out what works. Yeah, I, I, I've been quite happy with that. Also, this year I've done a lot of using contrast in different ways. So using it like a glaze. So pretty much exclusively a lot of my painting this year, I put down base colours and then I will thin down contrast and use it to glaze and give different tones to things. And I think that really helps with my quite quick painting style. Mm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I have uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed doing that. So, yeah, uh, that's two out of three for me as well. So I'm going to take that as a win. Uh, and next year, I want to try and go for the, the three out of three. So that's our ones. Now, Andy, obviously you weren't part of the team, so didn't have your traditional top three. But you had a bit of a, a list of challenges you wanted to try and achieve this year, didn't you? Yeah, so for the last sort of like, Four years I've set myself um, hobby resolutions I started off a bit bit like you guys I started off with like a handful and then I've increased it as as the years have gone on and 2020 was a bit of an interesting one because I set myself tons of resolutions that were to do with gaming and then obviously 2020 didn't happen we all went to lockdown etc etc so this year's hobby resolution, I didn't include any gaming ones because I just didn't know if it was going to happen or not. But I, I like to, I like to set myself an equal number of hobby resolutions for different aspects of the hobby. So I set myself five for painting, five for reading, and five for hobbying. And just looking at them now, I have done, oh, my mental maths, uh, mental maths. I've done about ten. I've done about 10 out of 15, which I'm quite happy with. Um, I've already worked on next year's one and I've increased it to include gaming and a podcast one as well. So that's all the way up to 25. Um, But yeah, I'll I'll just run through them quickly. So painting, I had uh, a nice simple one, paint a name character. So I think I painted GoTrek at the beginning of the year. Really nice, easy one to do. Paint a new unit for an existing project. Again, nice and easy to do. Uh, finished two projects, 2,000 points. So I've done the Sons of Bear map, and I've almost done, almost done the Osseot Bone Reapers. So once they're done, that'll be another one ticked off. So that'll be like my 11th one. I had to paint 289 models. Now that's a bit of a weird number, but the reason why it's a bit of a weird number is because last year during lockdown, I painted 288. So my hobby resolution was just to paint one more. I'm, I'm currently sat at 137, so I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> Not unless I paint a lot of Army of the Dead for Middle Earth. Um, and then I had uh, paint a Warcry Warband slash Kill Team, which again, unfortunately, um, I haven't done. I actually bought myself some of the K-Night Shadow Stalkers for my birthday in April. And yeah, they've just been gathering dust. Um Reading, um, I'd read free codexes slash battle tomes. I've done two. Um, so again, I, I'll probably finish that one off by the end of the year. Uh, finish a audio book. Done that one nice and easy. Read a source narrative book. So I've done that one as well. I think 
beginning of this year. I think it was Marafi I read. Mar- well, I've Mar- I read Marafi and Tekla, so I've took that as off. Uh, read a white dwarf cover to cover. So despite the fact that I've been in this hobby now for almost 20 years, I've never read a white dwarf cover to cover. So this year, that was one of those ones to do. So I've done that. Read a black library book. I've got the Dominion book currently set right next to me and I'm about 50% of the way through it. So I think between now and the beginning of January, I'm just going to hammer that book and get it read. And I reckon I can probably get it read in a week or so. So that's going to be a nice easy one to take off. And then the hobby section, uh, I've got five out of five in the hobby section. So I've got magnetized the bases of a 2000 point army. So uh, last year in 2020, I sold a lot of old projects, stuff I wasn't working on, that sort of stuff, and bought myself one of the um, battle foam magna rack cases. So obviously for that, you need to magnetize your bases. So I did that for a 2000 point army. Um, I did convert a model. So I converted the uh librarian for my grey knight army that took to the um escape from pancalis event a couple of weeks ago um i got paint free scenery pieces so this one's a bit of a cheeky one because i was a bit vague i said paint free scenery pieces i meant paint free scenery pieces for me but (laughs) but being part of a purple sparkle unicorns naturally of course we, we have to paint up a lot of scenery and update scenery so me and Craig sat down oh, probably about six weeks ago now and painted up about 36 buildings for the, the 40K one day we did. So I I think I can take that one off. Um, plan a narrative campaign. Uh, again, like you were saying, Matt, we're just waiting for that Path to Glory stuff to, to come out before we can really jump into Path to Glory. But I wrote a small narrative campaign um, featuring a loon boss as like the main character and he he picks up um, a fragment of the bad moon and becomes energized and becomes almost like a a goblin version of Gotrek in terms of his power. And he goes on this crusade to try and find um, the the bad moon again. And so I I wrote um, uh, some scenarios and that sort of stuff I had. You know, if if the player, um, which is almost like a team rather than an actual player sort of thing, um, if they win a major victory, they get like three fragments. And at the end of the campaign, because it's supposed to be set over two days, if the loon boss players have um, like ten fragments, then they they get the best ending that you could. And I had like four different endings depending on how many fragments he got and. I even had the idea of um, if like me and Dave were playing on a team versus um, you and Jay, for example, um, if I won uh, a minor win, but Dave won a major, then we would count it as I'd won the major as well. So, for example, like if we got three fragments for getting the major win and two for a minor, then our team would get three fragments. So, again, it would sort of level out if you had like three players and two of them lost but one of them got the major win you'd still get the fragments for that round so i did that sort of thing um and then the last one was start a crusade army 
25 to 50 power level. And obviously we did that for the um, Escape from Pancallus event. Um, when was that now? Was it November? Beginning yeah, of November? Yeah. Oh, my days. Time flies, eh? So, yeah, so I ended up at, at the minute I'm sat on 10, but I'm looking at it and I can see uh, two more, uh, three more, three more hitting the shelf. So I should should end the year on 13 out of 15. That's pretty good going, Andy. Yeah. And like I said, next yeah, year, that is good. I've set myself a challenge with gaming and even some stuff to do with a podcast as well. Um, so I've got 25 to do next year. Um, but I think for the for, for a podcast, I might just set myself three special ones just for a podcast to do. So hey, speak to Dave; he'll give you some really good achievable ones. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that puts the final scores on the doors: uh, Andy at thirteen, me and UJ at two, and Dave you want one. Excellent. One's better than none. <laughs> one is better than none. Excellent. Um, yeah. I, I do, I do, I, I should have taken it more seriously. I think I did actually say, you, you'd be able to tell me, Matt, I, I was really confident that I was going to set it all out and I'd have it to remind me and never did yeah. any of that stuff. So, um, you can't anyway. can't have another failed year with your exact words at the start of that show, Joe, Dave. I'll make sure I don't say that again. <laughs> I'll say something else. Um, if you do want to find out what our, our hobby resolutions for next year are going to be, and maybe you want to to play along and we'd love for you to sort of do that via our social media we'll be discussing our hobby resolutions for the coming year in the first podcast of uh, 2022 so that'll probably be recorded on around the 3rd of january for a release around the 4th or 5th of january so make sure you listen to that one we will obviously promote it over on uh, twitter and on facebook so you'll be able to know when it launches and then yeah we'd love for you to, to play along and um yeah see how we get on over the next 12 months speaking of um sort of hobbying throughout the year it's been a busy one for warhammer we're about to find out just how busy in our next segment so we'll be right back so twenty twenty. It's been an interesting year. wasn't quite back to normal as we hoped it was back at the start of January, but there has been an absolute load of Warhammer release. So we're going to have a quick run through the last 12 months, have a bit of a chat about what we've forgotten, what we thought was cool. I'm sure I probably missed stuff here as I've been trawling through the archives of Warhammer Community. So feel free to at me on Twitter if uh, if I have missed your favourite release of the year. So way back in January. We actually had uh, the Dark Angels and Death Guard Codexes come out. Uh, Death Guard was a really cool book. I enjoyed writing the review for that one. I've got a Death Guard army back from the last edition of the game that um, really does need to hit the tabletops under the new rule. You've, you've got some Death Guard, haven't you, Dave? Yeah, I've got quite a bit of Death Guard, actually, Matt. Um, I, in fact, I've, I had my eye on the, the, the new Battle Force to try and add to them. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it seems an awful lot's happened since those early books in January. So going into February, we had Kill Team Prior Nexus. That was a blast from the past. I remember us uh, spending a few days at most painting all that stuff up, ready for the review. Uh, which, uh, and think, looking back now, that seems to have been uh, replaced by the new edition of Kill Team quite soon after its release. Yeah. Uh, really, it was just a, a cheaper way of getting your hand on the flayed ones and the heavy intercessors. I can both ace models. In this mm. month, we also had the Daughters of Cain and Head Knights of Slaanesh battle tomes as well. Again, 
seems an age ago now. Um, moving into March, we had Cursed City, <laughs> which for some reason I thought was like Halloween last year, but no, it was, it was only March this year and has never been spoken of again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame, yes. because it's such it is a good a shame. game. It was a good game. I played that quite a bit, actually, just on my own, solo. Um, and I did enjoy it. It, it, well, it, it. It's quite a nice little dungeon cooler, but it, yeah, let down by the fact it's just not had any ongoing support. It was the point where it, 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 existence has been eradicated. Now, I, there's various rumours of what's happened. I imagine the most realistic is that due to Brexit nonsense, the cost of shipping over a mainly cardboard game from China cut into any profit margins for a, for a reprint of it unfortunately mm. that i imagine is the most realistic response there's all sorts of wacky conspiracy theories like oh the name of the city was a, was a trademark for something like world of warcraft or something ridiculous like that nah that, i don't think that's the case uh, i imagine that if if games workshop wanted were able to they would produce it because it'd be like printing money so it mm. must be something to do with you know supply chain or costs of producing the game or something, which is a shame i don't know if that's a sign that maybe we'll see less of these very cardboard heavy games maybe i don't know i know it's hit a lot of um kickstarters and the like obviously shipping costs from china so lots of speculation i imagine we'll never know the full story i do hope that we see some more cursing in the future though yeah. we also saw broken realms techless dual released with the new luminous battle tome not too long after after the original Luminous Battletone, which did cause a bit of controversy at the time. Yeah, yeah. what a release for the Eldar, the, Eldar, the Luminous. It was, and arguably a better release than the original one, I feel, with some of the models. It completed the range, didn't it? I mean, when we reviewed the first Battletone, there were some obvious gaps there in the range from like a, a rules point of view, uh, and they, they fixed that with the, um, the second wave. Loads yeah. more characters, uh, more infantry, the extra temple really cool yeah, i did like that for players who had the original book could just buy broken realms Texas and get all the missing rules basically yeah i was literally just about to say that that was um that was really interesting because i, I was kind of looking at that and thought to myself if i if like if i didn't want to buy the lumina battle tome i just didn't need to i could just bring broken realms Texas. but then I, I always looked at it as the sense that if i had the broken realms Texas book i'd have two books for that army instead of just buying the new battle tome and just having one yeah yeah well speaking of broken realms um moving to april we had broken realms bellacore the amazing new bellacore model and i think broken realms bellacore is my favorite part of the broken Realms story just on how epic it was and how badass the siege of uh vindicarum was sorry dave Mm. <laughs> at this at this point there's a bit of a running theme in the broken realm series like each book one of dave's armies get wiped yeah. out or killed or something <laughs> i still mourn it yeah um we also had the soulbound starter box which we uh Cubicle seven very kindly sent us one and, and we reviewed and we've been playing warhammer fantasy role play which is more of a a gritty uh, deadly role-playing game. Uh, basically, you start the game as the guy who cleans out the bogs, facing off the horrors of chaos. We're in Soulbound. You already start as that awesome character with all your skills and abilities. So it's a different kind of like uh, different grounding to the game, isn't it? Where the world itself is very deadly in Warhammer Fantasy role-play. 
in Soulbound, you're already those ace characters. And we're actually planning on starting a new Soulbound campaign in the new year. And no, Jay, you're super excited for that, aren't you? Yeah, I've been I've been wanting to play Soulbound ever since we first saw it. Um, and yeah, you're right. And it's for that reason. Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay is great. It's more of a role-playing game, I think, um, where you develop your character and it's more about the interactions with your your your, your party members and the environment and the athletes and things. Whereas Soulbound seems more like an arcade Diablo type D&D experience where you've already got your leveled up character, you've already got your cool abilities. You know, um, I just think it's going to be a bit more lighter to play. Um, <clears throat> I'm hoping it, it there's a lot more action in it and, and things like that. A different experience, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah I, I was quite fortunate in the sense that during lockdown last year, um, a couple of my friends, they were doing sort of like um, a soulbound RPG and we played through like the um, um, starter sort of like campaign sort of stuff. And I played the um, Skywarden slash Endron Rigger guy. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot more action. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, and yeah, I, I definitely ran away with it and had a lot of laughs. We also saw the Adeptus Titanicus Loyalists book as well, which was the first of two, um, I guess, supplements gathering together all the forces of the Loyalists. I, I guess the closest thing is, is a codex for Adeptus Titanicus, and the Warmaster Titan came out alongside this, and we have been desperate to play some Titanicus. We've been desperate to play some Titanicus again since then, haven't we, Jay? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, I mean, yeah, I haven't got any of these big Titans, but I, I, I was at the last lockdown. I managed to paint a maniple of um, Legio Graphonicus. So I've got a Warlord, a few Reavers um, and some Knights. And yeah, not, not had a chance to, to use them, really. So, And it's there's been loads of content for it this year, year. doesn't it? Oh, there yeah. has. Yeah, really it does. Has. I'm hoping next year we start seeing some Xenos um, Titans. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to see that. I don't think we will just yet, though. No. Uh, moving into May, we saw the Soul Blight Grave Lords, a brand new army release for Age of Sigmar. This is essentially an entire refresh of the, the Undead range and one of the most uh, impressive looking armies, I'd say, for Age of Sigmar. A, a lot of that old Undead stuff was really, really old, wasn't it? And they mm. pretty much took all those old kits breathe new life into them pun intended and uh yeah it's a really gorgeous looking army yeah we, um, we got plastic blood knights finally got plastic blood knights and they look ace as well in age of sigma we also had over the rest of oh, sorry came up so no you go i was gonna say that the soul blight have had quite a lot of love this year because we had that really really um, nice underworld warband at one point and they've had a lot of characters that have come out since then i think for the soul blight it's, it's nice to see them support a range like that through the year that's right, yeah. Again, it, with it being a big release, we had a couple of waves here, and you could argue that Curse um, City was like wave zero for the Soulblight Grave Lords, mm. especially yeah. when they added in individual costs for all those units, so you can take anything from that box and build it into a, a Grave Lords army now, where at release, you had to buy it as one chunk, which I don't, I don't get why they did that. No, no, I don't get that either. Um, for AOS, we also saw Broken Realms Kragnos, the conclusion of the Broken Realms series, and uh, big boy Kragnos himself get released, which uh, you were super excited to paint up, weren't you, Dave? I was, yeah. I, I picked him up quite quickly, um, got him built. I tried to spend as much time as possible painting him, and I think he's he's by far the most impressive model I've painted this year. Yeah, you did a really good job with him. Eh? Yeah, it's a shame that he got killed by a dragon. 
He can. did get killed by a dragon. Only after he killed a storm drake. Well, he nearly killed two complete storm drakes. And he got killed by a, a mega gargant, if I remember right. Yes, he also got killed <laughs> by a mega gargant as well. <laughs> but he looked good dying. Uh, we also saw the Adeptus Mechanicus Codex come out as well. Now, we had kind of guessed that we'd get some kind of um, some new model support here, which we got a single model, I believe. Yeah, we got... Yeah, we got sad one we didn't model. see like a fabricator general or something, especially since there's whatever the heck that is on the front cover as well. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we get another wave next year for the Admec. Hmm. And we also saw the new Necromunda Hive War boxed game as well. Basically, a, a, an entry way to get into Necromunda. I think it's about 80 quid, and you've got a load of Zone Mortalis scenery and two gangs and the full rule book. Definitely a much easier way to get in than the big. Um, the big box that came with a ton of scenery and moving into june we saw the adeptus Raritas get their new codex and a ton of models it really surprised us quite how many models they got which mm. was you know really cool what was even cooler than that though was dominion in the third edition of uh, age of sigma it was the worst kept secret we knew it was coming but when we actually saw those models we were blown away i They'd never been totally sold on the Stormcast, but I fell in love with the new um, Stormstrike armor stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's glorious, isn't it? I've still got my new Stormcast to build. Um, I'm looking forward to that at some point next year. Yeah, and this this went into July with the... Dominion was a big release, and it, it crossed over a few months. Um, we also got a load of Age of Sigmar terrain and the starter boxes, because obviously Dominion was a launch box. We saw the... Um, the kind of three different box sizes approach and i imagine this is something like games which we do going forward now personally i'd like to see like dominion and indomitus as, as, as standard mainline products and that's the entry system I, I see the logic of the smaller boxes because it gives you a pocket money way of getting into the hobby doesn't it mm-hmm. but even if there was a dominion and indomitus as your main kind of this is the core box and then a smaller 50 pound box for for newbies Personally, I'd like to see that more. Um, though I will say that Games Workshop handled Dominion really well, and I think since Indomitus sold out super quickly and they did the the made to order, they've they've kind of really kind of taken it on board that people want to get these things and giving people ways of ordering them and making sure they get them in their hands. So that mm-hmm. was nice to see. We also saw the Beast Snagger launch box as well. Again, another concept that we've seen recently. Um, yeah, a big box full of a load of new models plus new codex a couple of months before the main release, which I imagine is something that we might see for any big releases going forward. We've speculated about Eldar. It wouldn't surprise me if they get the kind of launch box treatment, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving into August, we saw House of Shadow for Necromunda, the Grey Knights, the Thousand Suns, Kill Team Octarius, and Warhammer Plus launch. August was pretty jam-packed, guys. Yeah. I didn't realise that much stuff came out. Um, really enjoyed the Thousand Suns release. Fantastic new book. Uh, really enjoyed that. And I really like the new character they released as well, the, the Infernal Master. Yeah, I mean, my, my standout, I mean, House of Shadow was an amazing book from a from a from a law point of view and that's my favorite review i've done just because i thoroughly enjoyed reading that uh octarius was an amazing set both sets of models the death core krieg and the orc commandos are amazing that scenery is again some of the best they put out it's a really cool box moving in september we had codex orcs the battle tomes for the stormcast and the oryx and imperium magazine launch 
So again, another another chunky month. Orcs was a really cool release. I know, Andy, you uh, you did the review for the Orc one, I want to say, and um, we both put together kind of different style armies as well. Yours is more of an old school Orc army. Mine had a lot of the Beast Snagger stuff in there. Likewise for the Stormcast and the Uruk. So those new books give you so many options of building your army, which is something that I like to see in these kind of books. Yeah, it was a strong book, the Auric Warclans. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, whilst there was a few things that changed from the old one that I didn't like, it, it was far... It, it, there was a lot more newer stuff, which I did like, uh, to take their place. Um, so, yeah, great book. Yeah, yeah I, I still really want to do a Beast Negger army, even now. Yeah, the, the models race. Uh, October, we saw a Black Templars army set come out again. Like I say, I think we'll see this more regularly going forward. I think it's a nice way of... of Back in the day when I started playing, army, limited army boxes were, were quite a regular thing, where you tend to get a limited edition standard bearer in the box. Yeah. And this is the same kind of concept where you get... Obviously, there's no limited models in it anymore, which is probably good from a scalping point of view, but you do get a nice limited edition book. And I've got to say, the Black Templars one's really nice with that third edition artwork on it. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the yeah. The the black. The, yeah. Definitely. That limited edition cover art for the Black Templars Code has been the best one so far. I mean, I would like to see some limited edition um, models again, but I, I think you're right. I think you know, Games Workshop are trying very hard nowadays to make sure everyone who wants a particular box of models can get it, um, even if you have to wait a few weeks later for them to 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 run off a new batch of them but you know i think recently that the, the late is it the uh, shadow throne if you pre-order you're guaranteed to get a box of that yeah, um and I, I don't think that works very well with limited edition models in boxes um i think you know but there are other ways to get your limited edition models we were talking earlier on in the show about the the um rat killer or uruk there's going to be a sort of like limited ish model that you can pick up at the beginning of the year so maybe that's the outlet for that kind of thing. But yeah, the, the launch box is great because also it lets you get the codex a, a month or two early as well. Um, yeah, yeah I, I like them as a concept. It's um, And the way the release schedule works, the, they've got like a, a sprue budget, haven't they? And by putting out a, a, a big box, that's a single kind of skew they can put out as a separate thing, which is, you know, from a boring kind of like stock keeping point of view, there's reasons for that. But it is nice to get a treat of an early it feels a bit special doesn't it getting the models a couple of months before general release and having to play with them before they're available on the shelf so i hope that's something that continues in the same month though we had harrow deep kill team chownath and fall of the necromancer come out fall of the necromancer was really ace i um was having to play with the the uh ruins scenery and the new witch king is amazing i know you thoroughly enjoyed the book andy and kill team chownath looked like a really good box as well dave yeah, it was it was really cool what they did with Kill Team Chalnaf, obviously on the back of Octaria, so it, it felt like it was quite close. Um, I really liked that they, they gave us a new sisters unit, um, but what I liked probably even more is that they took an older unit in the Pathfinders, gave them an upgrade sprue, and suddenly they looked like a completely new unit. Yeah, I've been seeing some really cool um, people that, uh, paint jobs that people have been doing on the Pathfinder uh, upgrade set from the Kill Team box, and I, I'm really tempted to to get a unit. I mean, I've got 15 or 20 Pathfinders painted up already, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the new Tau Codex. You know, I know we're probably not going to get any more models. I, there's been that silhouette of what looks like Dark Strider, but I think that's probably going to be it for the Tau, unless you know they're keeping something secret from us. Um, but yeah, I think I will add some of those new Pathfinders. They, they are nice, really high-tech-looking gadgets and stuff. 
Mm. Yeah, cool. So, so this is the years rapidly disappearing. We went to November. We had the uh, Traitors book for Titanicus. Again, same kind of concept as the, the Loyalist one, but with all the Traitor forces. We also got the most ridiculous Titan in existence, a c- close combat build of the Warmaster. Because <laughs> your movement four, I want to say, massive skyscraper tall, uh, Titan is definitely maybe by the end of the game maybe getting into close combat with something. But if it does, whatever it punches is dead. Yeah. Which is an Absolutely. amazing concept. Um, and all the rules for for the chaos mutation stuff. And like Jay alluded to earlier, that kind of brings us to a close of the the, the kind of Horus Heresy releases for the game. It's uh, where they go from there. Do they add some new? There are some other variants of Titan in the lore that haven't been explored. There's quite a few specific traitor titan builds, but surely, surely must be going in the direction of some Xenos uh, engines now. That'd be really cool. Orcs it would. And Bio-titans. And I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, but that must be surely where they're going next with the game. Mm. I'd like um, to. Uh, that or Battlefleet Gothic. Or Battlefleet, or Battlefleet Gothic. Or, or Epic. Epic. Yeah. Add some infantry and tanks. We've already got planes of the same scale as we're in Orsica. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if before we see Xenos Titans, we see a second edition of Adeptus Sanicus, which then brings in space marines and tanks and stuff. And that can obviously it's set during the Horus Heresy. So again, with a lot of this stuff, you can release a single frame and it works for both sides. Mm. That'd be cool. We also see the sort of, way you paint them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We also saw Red Harvest, which was the new. I want to say addition, but it isn't really, of um, Warcry. Warcry. And uh, yeah, some really cool models there. Some different mechanics and expanding on the kind of narrative side of thing with a kind of pick-your-own-adventure style for the campaign, which is an amazing idea. And I'd like to see them adapt that to Path to Glory and Crusade and have supplements where you work through on this branching pick-your-own-adventure style thing, because that was such a cool idea. And we also saw the main Black Templars release. Jay, I know you've been building some of these kits, and they look phenomenal. These are yeah, blow my socks off. <clears throat> the just when you think the Primaris range, you know, they're the, 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 so nice. The new Primaris Marines are that the the sort of bigger scale and the regular intercessors are great. But the Black Templars are almost like a brand new range alongside them. Um, com- you know, very very distinct from the original Primaris. All the tabards. The amount of upgrades you can attach to them, like trinkets and candles and skulls and things like that. And that's before you even get to the characters. The Emperor's Champions are a standout model, really. I think it's a fantastic model. I really enjoyed painting that. But then Helbrecht as well, Grimaldus, the uh, Castellan, based on the old artwork. Uh, they've really, really done a good job with the Black Templars. And I think we've said it before that I hope they now step back and give the Blood Angels, the Ultramarines, um, you know, uh, the Dark Angels the same treatment as the Black, Black Templars to make, you know, so you've got your vanilla Space Marines and then you've got your chapter-specific Space Marine Rangers as well. Because a lot of those um, chapters have got unique kits and unique models, but they're quite old now and they're the sort of firstborn scale. Uh, it would be nice to see, you know, Primary Sanguinary Guard or uh, Primaris Deathwing Terminator-type models. How epic would Primaris? Um, what the space? The space wolf thunder? Was it the thunder? Thunder wolf cavalry. Thunder wolf cavalry. Yeah. yeah. Primaris. Yeah. And, 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 to me, that's you know, I, we're going to get a new space marine codex probably next year or the year after. I don't know. They tend to come out quite quite rapidly. Space marines do. 
Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, really, the only gap they've got is the uh, assault marines, isn't it? The jump pack sort of assault troops. Um, so that is that is something they can still add to the vanilla range. But other than that, I think their only sort of avenue for releasing new Primaris, interesting Primaris models, is via those chapters, like they've done with the Black Templar. So you know, a Blood Angels launch box, a Space Wars launch box. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I think that'd be really really cool. So yeah, that moves up to December and. Uh... We're only, what, a week into December, and we've already had some really cool releases. So Book of the Outcast, amazing book. We talked about it last week. We've had the Balanced Tomb game for Middle-Earth, a surprise release to celebrate the anniversary of uh, Lord of the Rings. Dungeon Bowl, again, something completely out there that I don't think anybody saw come in. And the Dragons finally released for the Stormcast. Obviously, on the horizon, we've, we've talked about Nurgle and Shadow Throne going given us a, a, a fairly chunky year of releases, even though I'm fairly certain there's a lot of stuff that's maybe slipped from the schedule. Heavily rumoured was the Horus Heresy box. I I always thought this would be coming out for the Black Friday slot, which seems to have had the Black Templar shoehorned into it. Yeah, yeah. It's just the impression that I get. Um, obviously, the intent was for the, the custodians and the gene stealers to have their codexes at the end of the year as well but you know look a lot of things have been impacted by various events and the you know brexit covid shipping routes blocked by ships lodged in them it's been a difficult year for stuff um and i imagine as soon you know games workshop want to get these releases out as quick as possible so we buy them so you know it's it's no conspiracy theory that they're holding back releases so people can't get them don't worry about that talking of releases i've done a bit of number crunching on on the releases that we've got we have had seven battle tomes released for age of sigma this year hmm. and four <laughs> of them had big model releases as well so um we had the head knight hidden knights and slash we had the grave lords and then the two dominion ones the stormcast and the cruel boys so that is Big, big releases for Age of Sigma this year. And the Lumineth. And, and the Lumineth, yeah, and the Lumineth, yeah. They had a, a big release as well. So, yeah, that's five big army releases then. Uh, for 40k, we had five codexes. I've written down here three big waves, really. So the Sisters of Battle, the Orcs, and the Black Templars had big mm. release waves. So Age of Sigma has had a lot of love. And on top of that, all of the, uh, the Broken Realms books as well. What really surprised me, though, was the support specialist games have got. We've had two Titanicus releases, two Middle-Earth releases, three Necromunda, two Blood Bowl and Aeronautica, giving us ten specialist game releases over the year. Now, they tend to release these fairly similar times, and they tend to drop quarterly, but it definitely shows there is a lot of support for, for those systems. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose that leads us to what do we think we'll see next year? So... That gives us, if you take out the two um, launch box armies, so the Stormcast and the the, uh, the the Cruel Boys, because like with the Necrons and the Space Marines last year, they're very much tied to those launch boxes. There's more budget, I suppose, to put something out with them. If you discard them, that gives you three big releases for 40k and three big releases for Age of Sigmar. So we've speculated about this a lot. Beasts of Chaos are rumoured to be happening. Eldar and Chaos Space Marines. That kind of gives us room for another two Age of Sigma releases. So oh. who knows? Who knows what that could be? And one more 40k release if this year's numbers are anything to go by. Which really means that all bets are off, really, of what's coming next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the 40k side, 
I'd, I'd hazard a guess between Imperial Guard or perhaps Tyranids. Yeah, but again, we're talking like big releases. I think Tyranids arguably probably need a big release. But then Guard, you know, you've got the Death Corps of Krieg stuff. You could have a big Guard refresh using that aesthetic rather than Hadia as well. Yeah. yeah. Unless we see something brand new for 40k next year. So not well, Guard, not Tyranids, or something else. Squats have been rumoured forever, haven't they? And Squats have yeah. been really cool. Um, though, I think we'd see something along the lines... The Sisters of Battle, they kind of hyped up for a year they didn't did, they? Yeah. to release. And I think we'd see the same for Squats, to be fair. Yeah, possibly. Well, we've been hearing yeah. a lot about World Eaters and Emperor's Children and stuff in the narrative. So I imagine if Heretic started to get some love, hopefully it's it's just, you know, it, it's Chaos Space Marines, but World Eaters as well, that would be cool. It's a good candidate, yeah, for that third yeah. army. Yeah, if it follows the same model, yeah, definitely, Andy, I think. As for Age of Sigmar, who knows? You know, Kernothi, if, if, in this month's White Dwarf, there's a big article about Orion and Kernoth and the Kernothi, and how the Kernothi... I don't know if you've read it, Jay. It's actually made up of I've not elves it up yet, so. and tree spirits and sprites and weird things. It isn't just the stuff from the Underworld Warband, which just suggests to me that Kernothi could be a, a refresh of the Silvermeth range. Yeah, very cool. I'd love to see that. Um, I'd also love to see for Age of Sigmar next year the Malarian and the Shadow Elves. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been a story point that's hanging. Um, we, we we know that we're in that neck of the woods. All goo's probably going to be the next uh, season of Age of Sigma, so it would make sense to make his appearance. Yeah, I, I'd be super happy with a Beast of Chaos Battle Tome because they're, they're, they're one of those armies that I've been wanting to do since I was about 12 years old, and I've never had the time or money to do it, or, you know, the Battle Tomes just never really appealed to me, but Looking at the Stormcast and the Warclan battle team and seeing what they've done with those, seeing what they could do with a Beast of Chaos battle team, you know, uh, I think that would just be amazing as well. Yeah, there's also potential for Chaos Dwarfs next year. They've, they're now back in the uh, sort of main storyline of Age of Sigma. Um, yeah. So it'd be, it'd be, it could be cool. And also, you know, the, the regular Dwarfs, um, you know, Grungni's back. Will we see a Grungni model? Will Grungni and a battle team come out? That would be really cool. You, I'm really you know, hoping we see some elves and dwarfs next year. Do you know who I'd like to see get a big range refresh next year? Because they've got loads of really old kits. The good Skaven. old Skaven. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, you get a new model, Dave, on New Year. Well, a new model's head. <laughs> Do you know what else, though, might throw a curveball into next year? Old World. Well, no, I see. I, I don't think we'll see Old World next year. I think okay. the summer release will be Horus Heresy. And that is essentially your, your, your launch box, load of support on that. And then Old World come the following year. And then you have a four-year cycle for games going between Heresy, Old World, Age of Sigma, 40k. Because okay. mm-hmm. then they can just keep rotating those mm-hmm. four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. Lots of possibilities. We'll have to listen back to this uh, episode next year, see what see what we were right about, and see what we were way off the mark. 
So yeah, lots of stuff. Um, if you had a favourite uh, thing that came out this year, why not share it on uh, on the old Twitter at Spruce and Bruise or, or let us know on Facebook. Love to hear, you know, f- from this year, what was your favourite release? Uh, it'd be really cool to find out. We're going to now take um, another pause, but when we come back, we've got a really good top three this week. So keep listening. Across Horus Heresy, 40k, Age of Sigmar, and all the other Warhammer worlds, there are some pretty horrific ways to meet your grisly end. And for this week's top three, we're going to be picking out our top three ways of meeting said end. So really open on this one can be from any of the worlds of Warhammer. We will be reading out uh, the community choices in the final segment after this one uh, for this week's show. But let's talk about our options first of all. Andy, let's pass the mic over to you with your top three. So my my third choice is um, a bit of a funny one, but now that I think about it, it it, it does sound quite terrifying. <laughs> so imagine you're fighting a, a a maggot kin army or death guard army or something like that, some follower of Nurgle. Now obviously you're concerned about fighting them. You're concerned about getting you know a load of uh, disease and whatever on you. But what you don't look out for is the little, little critters running around. We know them as nurglings. So imagine an army of nurglings, a swarm of nurglings just enveloping you. Imagine being a guardsman in the 41st millennium. And all you see is this tidal wave of smiling, happy, joyful nurglings just rolling over you. I don't know how they kill you. But they'd enjoy doing it. And, um, yeah, I can't imagine that would be a nice way to go. <laughs> um, no, they they would play around with you as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, they probably would. In, in fact, when I was thinking of this, it reminded me of that scene from Jurassic Park 2 with the little dinosaurs. <laughs> the compies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my second choice is, um, a, a, again, a bit of a funny one. Mega Gargants are obviously pretty scary, right? You know, they're, they're described as being towering monsters, the size of buildings, you know, they're, they're really, really scary. Well, imagine you're just sat down in the mortal realms, you're just camping out by the fire, and then all of a sudden, a Gargant decides to walk into your camp and goes, oh, you know what, I'm going to sit down next to that fire. But, of course, a Gargant doesn't look where he sits. So, naturally, of course... You wake up in the middle of the night and you can see the stars, you can see the sky. And then all of a sudden, all you see is a full moon of a mega gargant coming down on you and they sits on you. Splat. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. And my my first choice was one that I thought would be very funny. It it The followers of chaos are obviously, you know, the quote unquote, evil you know they like mutations and they like all this sort of stuff and even for their standards the worst thing that can possibly happen to you if you fail the chaos gods too many times you can get turned into a chaos spawn <laughs> so that is my number one choice you fail the gods too many times they turn you into a chaos spawn kairos fate reaver comes onto your battle cruiser doesn't like you turns you into a chaos spawn and then not only do your friends not like you, but chaos doesn't like you either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Do you know, um, I actually, I've always been tempted to start a, a Zeech Age of Sigmar army just because they've got so many abilities that allow you to turn people into Chaos Spawns. Just yeah, to give yeah. me reasons to buy a load of Chaos Spawns. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of anything more infuriating for the guy you're playing against. Oh, there's another Chaos Spawn from a collection. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Good choices there, Andy. Um, Jay, let's hear your top three. Okay, so number three, um, it would be dying on the operating table of an orc pain boy. Oh. Now, if you're an orc, I don't think there's too much of a problem. I mean, didn't Gazgul have his head removed from his body and added to a big dreadnought and he yeah, survived? Fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't off. fancy your chances if you're an Astra Militarum guardsman, though. Um, and I don't think they uh, disinfect their equipment. Um, I'm not sure they actually know what they're doing and that they've been to university. Um, so I imagine there it's going to be quite painful to uh, be operated on by an pain boy, uh, probably re- resulting in death. Um, number two would be now I would prefer to die on the operating table of an pain boy than uh, lie on the operating table of Fabius Bile. Because <laughs> um, I can imagine that being much more painful. Um, oh yeah. Now it's a bit of a cheat here because I suspect Fabius Dial, while he would try his best to keep you alive to prolong the suffering and prolong his experimentation, so it'd be quite an agonising experience um, on the operating table of Fabius Bile, which may or may not result in death. You'd probably be wanting it to end in death sooner rather than later. I'd have, I've imagined. Um, I had lots of choices for my number one. I mean, oh man, there are so many ways to uh, to to die in there. They should do what was that film? A hundred ways to die in the West or something? They should do <laughs> a, a, a Warhammer Plus animation about all the ways you can die in uh, you know from your last gun power packet uh, overheating to your plasma weapon overheating to all sorts of things. <laughs> there was there was one model that that's come out in the last in the last um, couple of years, um, and it depicts the most horrifying way to die i think that we've seen on a on a warhammer 40 40k model for a long time uh, it put me in mind of do you remember the um slanesh harp thing that we got oh, a few yeah. years back which is pretty grim pretty gruesome um well this is the um the the, the necron is it illuminor zeras and he's got some yes he's got he's got some weird sort of technology in his hand which is sucking the skin an essence from a poor, it looks like a Militarum priest or something on, on his base, but you've got all the blood and bone disintegrating and being sucked into this swirling vortex around his hand. Yeah, um, the Necron Smoothie Maker, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, the Necron Smoothie Maker. Yeah. So uh, that that's my number three, um, number one, sorry, of, of how uh, painful deaths in the Warhammer 41st millennium. Excellent. Really, really good choices. Um, Matt, what would your top three be? Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit with number three, because it isn't really, really dying, but it's going to have a detrimental effect on you. And it is having your soul reforged over and over and over again by the God King Sigma. <laughs> this seems like a really bad thing to happen. Each time they reforge you, you lose a bit of your soul until you're just a mindless blob. You'd be better off as a Chaos Spawn. At least there's career <laughs> options there. If you're just a <laughs> yeah, you know, you have a bad review, okay, but you know, you might be a greater demon one day, so you never know. Uh, but yeah, it's chipping away at your soul, getting it broken down each time, doesn't seem very pleasant at all. Now, my second one, Dave, imagine you were, I don't know, a war boss sat atop a moor crusher, minding his own business, flapping around the mortal realms, having a wave of a dime, <laughs> smashing stuff up, 
when all of a sudden a sword plunges into your chest and your very essence is sucked <laughs> into that sword. It is, of course, the Slayer of Kings weapon of Archeon, the ever-chosen. And uh, yeah, I can't imagine it being a very pleasant way to die. Especially, especially one player on Warhammer Not on camera. My number one choice, my number one choice of the worst way to die in the wars of Warhammer is the humble virus bomb. So this oh. is this is a very nasty weapon. It uh, it basically uh, creates a, a, a virus that eats human matter, and then the planet is left with a big mushy cloud of you know gases and fluids and, and biological mass you then essentially light a, a, a match throw it on the planet and the entire thing goes up in a flame eradicating all life mm. horus the war master was a big fan of this mm. it's a very efficient way of taking out a planet apparently it's from the pond by the imperium to use such weapons but you know desperate times and all that and i'm fairly certain you wouldn't want to get hit by a, mm. by a virus bomb. no absolutely not no what a horrific way to die and that leaves us with uh, with my top three. Um, now my third choice is imagine being. I mean, you you you. This is kind of similar to your choice, Jay. But imagine being jabbed by a biophagus. So one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to horrifically mutilate, uh, mutate into uh, an aberrant, or you're just going to die, aren't you? But I can't imagine it being a very nice death. Um, some of the some of the stuff that he's going to be jabbing in you just to see what happens, you know, does it make you stronger? Do you get an extra arm? Um, I can imagine that'd be pretty horrific. I, you should add one of them to your uh, your cult army, Matt. I reckon you could really give him a good crusade story. Um, my second choice is one that actually I, I, I was I was going to have as a, um, a backup because I thought Andy might have mentioned this because this is what kind of set off the idea for this week's top three. Um, and when you started talking about a giant, I was like, oh, here we go. But you, you, talk, you went a different route. So what, what, what started our discussion on this is the rule still exists where you end up down the pants of a giant. And yeah. I, I mean, you might not necessarily die. It, it might be the journey. You wish you, wish you would die. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be moist in there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty horrific. And imagine if, like, you know, I know there used to be a cow on the sprue. I don't know if there still is. Yeah. Imagine sharing sharing those pants with a, with a cow as well as humongous giant flesh um, and, and the leather bag or whatever. Ooh, yeah. As soon grim. as you said giant, Dave, I knew exactly where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, either you die in there or you, it's just the most unpleasant experience ever, which eventually will lead to your death, maybe for supple later on. Um, so, yeah, that, that was my second choice. Um, as an emergency, if um, if you had said that, I was probably going to say something like a plasma gun exploding in your face. Can't imagine that being very pleasant at all. But um, Jay can sting. on that. It would sting. It would sting, wouldn't it? Do you know what always reminds me? Um, if you If you ever, like, wondered what, a plasma gun explosion look like you'll remember this jay there used to be a there was a film called mutant chronicles oh yeah um <laughs> towards the end of that film very good representation of what happens when a plasma gun goes boom um it's a great film as well great it's great film. film my top choice though my favorite my top choice is imagine being a grot in the 41st millennium i mean they they have a hard time of it anyway <laughs> don't they they're looked down upon by Orcs, you know, they get eaten by them. Um, they get sat on. Um, even, even you know, the right-hand grot of Gazgul met his grisly end, or did he? Um, however, 
the 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 poor grots that get shoved into a shock attack gun. I mean, that's got to be a horrific way to die. Um, they get like I can't I can't remember how they worded it so in the old book. Works by opening a rift in the warp and firing the ammunition said Gretchen inside the target. Poor guardsman. Now now you say that it's an unfortunate way for the grot to die. What about the poor guy who's just had a grot materialize inside him? <laughs> it's a it's a double it's a double good uh, double uh, double good one that one isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, that that for me is um, yeah you're probably right Matt. I wouldn't like to be the poor guardsman that suddenly has something inside of him. So yeah, that's that's my top choice. I like that one. It was the first one I thought about um, when I was making this last week. Excellent. Uh, they are our choice. I mean, like you like you all said. I mean, you could go on forever thinking of horrific ways to to meet your end you know imagine waking up and there's a night bringer from the necrons in front of you um not even invulnerable save will save you there um so yeah some some really good choices let's see what the community have chosen in our final segment of this week's podcast and that's coming up next i think we've had some of the most creative and best community choices this week um i've just glanced down at the facebook ones i've not even read them out to you yet and, and they're brilliant so let's let's get let's kick, let's kick them off uh with the facebook ones will rollins consumed by necron scarabs a bug bite on a nurgle infected planet <laughs> and this this is my favorite one of his top three when the commissar asks you asked to borrow your copy of the imperial primer that you know you had in your back pocket just now eric pepper anything everything by nurgle getting turned into a servitor oh yeah and flamers chris chance says being skinned by a flayed one that has that has to be up there and finally sean gleason being drained by the emperor vaporized by a melter gun hosed down with flaming prometheum and his runner-up choice his fourth choice tortured by a dark eldar matt what have we had over on twitter well jem says being one of the psychers burned up in the astronomicon that <coughs> uh, having your soul devoured by a chaos slash demon weapon and dying to the night horns and becoming a wraith that will die over and over and over again uh, orlando says servitor until death Friendly fire because you got turned into a hideous zinch mutant and now you're a danger to your comrades. And being caught by the homunculus covens and selected for experimentation. Uh, Ken Whitehurst says shock attack gun has teleported enraged squigs into your armor. Not just not just notlings, squigs. That's not going to be good. Uh, monofilament wire. Yeah, that's going to take a finger off. And being enshrined in a golden throne to serve as a psychic beacon to the imperium of mankind yeah that can't be good either uh, Pete Allison says being caught by the dark elder being plugged into a dreadnought and being a human on most planets Hobby Vices says having survived a battle as a guardsman fighting the indescribable horrors of demonic incursions only to be killed by the grey knights that showed up so that their existence <laughs> remains unknown that can't be good that can't be good um, uh, uh, Bait says being an act Arcoflagulant, a psyker, and Chaos Demon Kularba. No idea. Andrew Lindsay says demonic possession, virus bombs, and seeing a black armored dark angel and asking who the green one is. <laughs> 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 Phil says a commissar's bolt pistol. 
being mistakenly called Horus just prior and dysentery. Yeah, that can't be pleasant. Uh, Lost for Nords says sacrifice for the Golden Throne probably sucks, but it's good for family pride. And uh, being on a planet about to be exterminatist would be like a 24 hour panic. I want to see 24 set on a planet that's about to be virus bombed. That'd be cool. (laughs) Um, Mr. Spot, there's only one peacefully dying of old age rather than in service of the Emperor. That is a horrific way for a Death Corps agreeing to die. Finally, Wild West Wargaming says, actually, most things I could think about are way worse than death itself. Getting caught by the Drakari, eaten alive by worms, shot out of a tyrannid gun, rotting away slowly through a gift of Nurgle, or getting interrogated by the Holy Ordos. Death is your only way out. True story. And then the demons in the walk get you. Yeah, they're friendly. They're fine. (laughs) <laughs> excellent 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 uh some really good choices there. i think the imperial primer one was my favorite um matt what is next week's top three well we've talked about the interview so next week we want to know your top three releases of 2021 and there's been an awful lot of them you can get your choices in early via our social media that is at spruce and bruise on twitter or facebook.com forward slash bruise and bruise uh, or we will pop a post up on the Sunday and Monday before recording. You can just pop a reply on there uh, and we'll read out as many as we can on next week's show, of which will be one of our final ones of the year. There's not many left. Um, unfortunately, we're rapidly running out of 2021. Uh, thanks again for listening to the podcast. We'll be back again next week. Until then, have a great week of hobby and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at Spruce and Brews or head over to facebook.com forward slash Spruce and Brews.